Today in our chapel service, we are remembering and commemorating the transfiguration of our Lord. Uh, it's a church festival that is observed at various times in the church year. Some places observe it on the Sunday, last Sunday before the Septuagesima, the various Gesima Sundays start. Others observe it at the end of the Epiphany season, right before Lent. And still others observe it on the very last Sunday of the church year. And one of the reasons for that placement is because normally when we come to the end of the church year, we're looking forward to heavenly life and, and, and eternity. And the reason it's there is because with the, the conversation that Christ had with Moses and Elijah points to the reality of the physical existence that we're going to have uh, in, the, in the glorious resurrection. So we're going to focus on this particular hymn. And if you would take a look at it, we're going to start. It's not unknown, uh, but I want you to sing it with, with very great security today. So I'd like you to look, first of all, at the end of the second line where the text is, which Christ upon the mountain shows. Okay, I'll play that once, and then I'd like you to start singing it with me. call them syncopations where the beats sometimes happen on different parts of the measure. It's, it's, uh, it's quite lively. Do that, do that section once again, please. Yeah, it was quite an event and certainly um, stupendously out of the ordinary. Uh, and it's interesting that at the end of it, Jesus tells the three disciples who were with him, Peter and James and John, tell nobody about this. Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. And uh, it, was, it, was an, it had to be an incredible event for those three. And even more incredible were the events to come 
when uh, Christ, who had, of course, foretold his own, his own death in Jerusalem, uh, that they had to live through that, and that this vision was still in their heads. Uh, and it's a reminder for us in our lives, too, that even when the darkness comes around us, which, of course, it does at times, uh, there is still this glory that we have from the light of the world, the one who created the light, the one who uh, is the, uh, the word made flesh, and that we have beheld his glory, the glory as of the Father, full of grace and truth. All right, you remember that from John's gospel. And he was one of the ones there on the mountain. Now, what I'd like to, okay, this idea of a type, a wondrous type, that's, a, that's not archaic, but it's a word that we don't use in this sense. A type is like a picture, but it's more than a picture. In scripture, for instance, Isaac, you know, Abraham's son, he is a type of Christ because he's taken and his father has to sacrifice him as commanded by God. Uh, so that's a, it's a picture, it's an image, it's something that is going to be fulfilled in a far richer way in the future. And that's what the story of the transfiguration is for us too. It's a vision that of the glory that the church shall share. This is, this is going to happen uh, someday, somewhere. Uh, just as Christ was on the mountain with Moses and Elijah and conversing with them, we will have eternity for those conversations too. It's, uh, it's quite amazing. Let's stand up then and sing stanzas one and stanza two. If you would flip over the, the sheet and look at the uh, passage from uh, 2 Peter, where Peter writes, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And now interesting what Peter, where he goes with this, uh, to draw our attention to the fact that this amazing vision, which we will share finally uh, in the resurrection, uh, is not the big thing to hang on to. There's, there's a, even a greater glory hidden in the pages of Scripture. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light 
that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And we hear uh, about that in stanza three. And stanza three, the organ will sing for us. So follow along the text to stanza three. See, the tune name is Deo Gracias, and uh, there was a famous battle in Normandy, uh, a place called Agincourt, and Henry V of England was the king, and he was fighting the king of France and his army, and they were vastly outnumbered, and miraculously, the English won. And as a result of that, somebody, somewhere, wrote a ballad about that battle and that victory. And the, uh, every single verse of that ballad ended with the phrase, Deo gratias, thanks be to God. And this is that tune, which is why it has that very wonderful martial, martial overtone. To celebrate this stupendous event on the mountain, let's stand up now and sing stanzas four and five.
O merciful and everlasting God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have revealed to us the glory of your Son, and let the light of your holy gospel shine upon us. We pray that you would guide us by this light, that we may walk diligently as Christians in all good works, ever be strengthened by your grace, and conduct our lives in all godliness. Through the same, your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. Depart in peace. <laughs>